Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Today I want to talk to you about the blessed life. Uh, Does anybody want to be blessed by God? That's okay for like half of you, but the others of you aren't telling the truth. Come on. How, How many of you want to be blessed by God? Anybody want to be blessed by God? I mean, the alternative would be being cursed by God. I don't think anyone wants to be cursed by God. And, um, but I want to be blessed by God. Now, now you have to understand that when I say blessed by God, some of you are instantly going to begin to think, oh, I mean, what's he going to talk about? Is he talking about like God adding zeros to my bank account and that kind of blessed God? Like I've heard that before. And No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. Um, because how many of you know you can have a lot of zeros in your bank account and not be blessed? Like, you can have money and not have joy, not have contentment. You, like, like, those things are not our end gain. Now, here's what I would say when you were walking with a blessed life with God. I believe that God will bless you, and I believe that financially God wants to bless you. But how many of you know that's not our goal? Like, our goal of loving Jesus is not so that he'll bless us and we can get rich. Like, if you ever sit under teaching and that's kind of like the, the end goal, then you probably need to move where you're, you're, you're receiving teaching because th- that's not what God is about. He, he's about relationship with his people. That, that's what he wants. But, but you can't help that a byproduct of being blessed by God is that there will be some blessings in your family. There will be blessings in your health. There will be blessings in your mind. And even blessings, I believe, in, in your finances. But, but I want to talk about blessing and go to another step And I want to talk about not just the blessed life, but the favored life. Because here's the thing. It's one thing to be blessed by God, but it's another thing to have the favor of God on your life. Like like the favor of God is is really hard to teach. And that's why I'm going to try not to preach so much today. I'm going to try to teach this thing out because um, I'm going to go to some deeper waters than what we normally do. Is that okay at a 12 o'clock service? Like I, I want to teach a concept that that is uh, it's tangible, but it, it's a little bit complicated. And so I want to get it to you in a practical way. You see, the favor of God is, is something that God wants you to have. He wants you to walk in. And, and I'll even joke with people at times. And, and if you've been with me, you maybe have heard me say that. But there is this unique favor of God in my life. You don't have to believe it. I believe that it is the favor of God in my life. That I will drive up into a busy parking lot and I will always find a parking space right in front. Y'all are hating on me right now because you've been parking way out in the distance. But you know it's the favor of God when you go to Dolphin Mall and everybody's freaking out, cutting each other off, flipping each other off, and you just drive up to the parking lot, no anxiety, no worry, and you just drive. And right in front of Texas Day Brazil. Come on, somebody. You're like, Pastor, are you kidding? No, like people that have been with me, they, they can tell you, I just think it's a favor thing. I don't think I'm one of God's favorites, but I just think it's a favor, a favor thing. And I really do. Is it like that every single time? Not every single time, but I can tell you more times than not. My dad is the same thing. It is crazy. He walks with a greater favor than I do. It is actually kind of creepy because we will, I mean, it's every single time. And he kind of cheats now because he has like a handicap sticker thing. But he ain't even a handicap. It's a fa- he's faking, y'all. He's, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's having a surgery later on this summer and it's going to help him fix that. But, but, but it's a favor. Look, here's the thing with favor. Like, 
The favor of God is something that you really can't explain, but it's something you experience. It's a concept that is real, but it's something that you have to experience in order to try to work it out to explain it. That's why today I, I, I'm trying to think, and I was trying to pray about, God, how can I explain the favor of God in such a way? And if someone has a keychain up here in the front row, because I left mine in Kindle, that Kindle's got my keys. If someone's got one, just bring them up. Yeah, throw them up here, Jose. Come on, give up for Jose right there. And um, you might want to put, just make sure you get these back or you'll never. I was thinking, like, how can I unpack this thing called favor of God? And I was thinking about um, the fact that this is a big building. And in order to get into this building, you had to come through a door. And when you came through this door, this one door, that front door of the church, actually opens up this building so that you can experience what you experience here today. Come on, are you with me? I'm going to try to stick with me. It's going to make sense in a second. And so you walked in through the door. You walked in through the door. Because you came through the door, because someone opened the door, you're able to experience worship. You're able to experience this message. You can drop your kids off. And this one building has many rooms, but this one key is the key that opens up the door so that you can experience this. Let me, let me just say this. Like if you go to the mall, if you go to the mall, you, you can walk in through the main entrance of the mall and, and you can buy chocolates at the mall. You can buy sneakers at the mall. You can buy shoes at the mall. You go to the food court at the mall. You can do all of those things, but it, it requires you to go through the initial door in order to get the benefits of what's inside the door. Okay. Your house. You have to go through the front door of your house, your apartment, your condo, wherever you live. And when you open that front door of that house, you have access to your TV. You have access to your refrigerator. Some of y'all don't have nothing in it, but that's okay. You have access to your bathroom. Tonight when you're tired, you have access to your bedroom. But the thing that keeps you out of your house or the thing that lets you into your house is the simple thing called a key. The thing that lets you into this building today or will keep you out is someone had to have a key to open the door to get into this building. Can I tell you, today I want to give you a key that I believe is going to open the door of God's favor on your life. You could sit there and be skeptical about it. Or you could say, well, perhaps there is something, a key that I have been missing. Here's what I believe. There are rooms in your life that you did not even know existed. But if you can get through this one particular door today, God's going to show you things, give you opportunities that you didn't even know was possible. But the reason why you couldn't get to some of those other rooms is because you didn't get through the front door because you didn't have the key. And so today I want to give you one word. That one word is a key. This one word is the key that I believe will get you in through the front door that will give you access to all the rooms. Come on, are you ready? Say yeah. yeah. Come on, anybody ready today? Yeah. Come on, anybody come to the 12 o'clock on spring break week ready today? Yeah. Here's, here, here's the word. Okay, are you ready? Here, here's the word. Here's the word. Obedience. Ooh, ooh. Did it hurt that much? You don't want that word? Here, here, take that word off. Let's put No, 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 no. We're going to keep that word there because here's the thing. I believe that obedience is a key that will get you into the favor of God. You know what I've discovered, though? Everybody wants the house, but they don't want the key. 
Everybody wants the blessing and the favor of God. But many times we don't want to do what it requires to get the favor of God. Let me tell you what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about salvation. You received eternal salvation the minute you said yes to Jesus to live in your heart. But I'm talking about the favor of God while you're here on this earth. That it comes through this key called obedience. That obedience is the key that will keep you out of the favor of God. Or will give you access to the favor of God. Okay, I'm going to work this thing out for a minute. You see, the reality is this. You don't have to obey God. Did you know that? You're, you're free will. You can leave here today and say, I'm not going to apply that word into my life. And God's like, cool. God's not going to make you obey him. It's a choice. Pastor David, why would God give us a choice? It'd be so much easier if God just made us do the right thing so that we can just everything be perfect. Because love is not love unless you're given the option not to love. But when you are optioned to love God or not love God, when you choose to love him, God knows you're serious. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like you know, when you get married to someone, you're not held at gunpoint to marry that person. Hopefully. But when you marry someone, like you can marry anybody. But I choose you. And I want to marry you. Why? Because I have the choice to choose you. And so because of that, I'm demonstrating my love based on my choices. Okay, I knew you weren't going to shout back at this because I'm teaching it. And this is a hard one to digest, but I'm going to work it out. There's this guy in the Bible named Saul, who is the king of Israel. Saul is a man's man kind of man. Like Saul is like, he is not like, he is not a hipster. Come on, y'all, somebody. I mean, like he is like a warrior man. Like he is a... The Bible describes him. He's like a head uh, taller than anybody else. He is handsome. He is tall. He is striking. He's a warrior. He's got a physique. If you're having a hard time picturing what I'm talking about. (laughs) And Saul is this, this king who... He is fighting these battles for God and he's can't, like he can't lose. Like God is blessing him. The favor of God is on him. Oh, there are some battles he has to fight. Let me just explain this. With the favor of God on your life, there will be battles you will fight, but you will always win and have victory in the battles. You see, that's what the favor of God does. It'll take you through seasons and valleys where there will be tough times in your life, but in the middle of that valley, you know, I've got the favor of God on me. I'm going to come through this valley. I'm going to come through this storm. It's not always going to be like this. I'm going to make it. So Saul has that favor of God on his life and he's fighting these battles and he's winning. And he wins this particular war. And out of that war, he gets all the plunder from his enemy. What does that mean? He gets all of the silver, all of the gold, all of the diamonds, all of the emeralds and rubies and all of the treasury of this enemy. And he gets to collect it and bring it back, except for the fact that God says, Saul, great battle, by the way. But you know all of this plunder you've collected from your enemy? Yeah, God. I want you to give all of that plunder to my people. What you talking about, Jesus? 
I said, I want you to give all of this gold, all of the treasure that you, you have just won. I want you to give it all to my people. So Saul tries to like one up God. He tries to like to kind of like play God a little bit. How many of you know God ain't going to be played? And he tries to play God. And so scripture says this in 1 Samuel, that, that Saul takes all of the plunder and he tells his men, I want you to take all of this and give it to the people, except for this little bit here, I'm going to take back to the palace with me. Did you know that partial obedience is disobedience? You see, some of us, we're like, we haven't realized that the reason why the favor of God's not on our life because we've been obedient, kind of. Like, we've been obedient, except for God, I just want to hold on to this. Remember the equation we put up? That the, the product depends on the, the pattern. Like some of us have got part of the pattern right. But, but God, I, I want to hold on to this relationship. I want to hold on to this. I want to hold on to these. I want to hold on. And you didn't realize that what you were doing is you were taking the key that God was trying to give you. And you took it out of your hand and put it back on the table and said, well, God, I just want to hold on to a little bit of this. And so what does God do? God tells Saul Because you disobeyed me, I'm going to remove you from your throne. Now that seems unfair. Because here Saul is fighting battles for the Lord. And I mean, wasn't it not Saul who actually was the one who was fighting? Come on, God. I mean, give Saul some of it. I mean, he was the one fighting. He's the one sweating. He's the one bleeding. He's the one with the strategy. God, it's only fair that Saul gets to keep some of it. But the point is, is that God wanted to test Saul's obedience. So look what happens. God sends a prophet named Samuel. Somebody say Samuel. Samuel. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15, 22, this is Samuel replying to Saul. Watch this. In the middle of Saul being like, this isn't fair. What do you mean I lose my throne? Come on, God. I mean, what's going on? Look at all I've done for you. And that's what many of us sound like at times. God, why am I going through this? Look at all these things I've done for you in your name. And God, I don't understand. And God always sends a messenger to clarify our confusion. And this is what Samuel says. What is more pleasing to the Lord, King Saul? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices? Or your obedience to his voice? Listen, Saul, you you have to understand this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Come on, I'm teaching you a concept, church. Come on, we're, we're getting deep in the word here. Come on, you got to get this. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than all of the offerings of the fat of the rams. Let me say it to you another way. Would you write this down in your notes? It's, it's the first or second blank in your notes. It's simply this. God sees big sacrifice, but he blesses small obedience. God sees the big sacrifice, but what he blesses, come on, you said you wanted to be blessed. I'm just preaching this because at the beginning you said you wanted to be blessed. That God sees the big sacrifice, but what he blesses, if you want to know what God blesses, it's small obedience. I mean, to think about Saul, I mean, God, I mean, that's not fair for Saul. Are you kidding? Saul was the most wealthy man who was alive at that time. He really didn't even need the treasury. He just felt that it was owed to him. You see, here's what I know. When it comes to sacrifice, you and I, we love to do the big sacrifices because big sacrifices actually please us and ease our guilty conscience. But it does nothing for God. 
That's why, watch this. At times we can say, God, I know I cussed out 100 people on the way to work today. Not me, but like, like people. <laughs> I didn't cuss out 100 people on the way to church today. 55, but that's it. Just kidding. God, I cussed out 100 people, but God, if you will, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut for the next 30 minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to put this sacrifice before you. Or, or it looks like this. God, if you will just help me out of this situation, I will do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Come on, anybody ever pray that before? God, just come through. I just need you to come through. Please, God, I'll do anything. I'll go to begin. I'll go to brave life. I'll do anything. Just here's a big sacrifice. And God's like, look, I I see what you're wanting to sacrifice for me. That's that's good. I, I see that, but that's not what I bless. You see, the religious people in the Bible, the religious people, what they would do is when they were praying and fasting, they would go around everywhere and tell people, hey, I'm fasting. Hey, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. Because you know what? They wanted the accolades from people saying, oh, man, you're so spiritual. You're so holy. You're so great. That's why the Bible says that God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks to your heart. God doesn't care about the outward things. He cares about the small inside things. Because the thing with obedience is this. When you're obedient to God, guess what? Nobody else is watching or even knows about it. The thing with obedience, when, when I'm asking, and God's asking me to be obedient to him, he's asking me, and chances are the thing that he's asking me obedient, obedient about, nobody else is in the room, nobody else cares, but it's just a thing between me and God. That's why God says, I bless the obedience, because it is a, it's a relationship thing between you and I, where it's like, I know the personal, intimate things of your life, I just want to know, do you trust me with them? But God, I serve. I'm on the worship team. I serve and I'm doing this and I lead a dinner party. And God's like, those are great things. Those are all things that are going to help you grow in your faith and grow and mature in your faith. And brave life is amazing. But the sacrifice is not what I'm really impressed by. You know what we have a danger of in our culture today? Come on, can I speak apostolically to us today? That's a big church Chinese, I mean, uh, Christianese, (laughs) not Chinese. Um, I wish I spoke Chinese, but it's a, it's a, a Christianese type of word here. Let me, let me tell you what, what, what it is. It's apostolic is, is when I, I'm going to give a word for the church that breaks something off of our church in general. Okay? And, and that is that in our culture today, we have people that are really big into um, giving God sacrificial things. Let me kind of take it another step. Are you okay with this? Okay, here, here we go. Christianese, here we go. Um, like, we have worship concerts all the time. Like, every, it seems like every other week in Miami, there's like a worship concert. And those are good. Go to those. I love that. Elevation was this year. I love Elevation. Go to it. Nothing wrong for going. But you know what's crazy is? Sometimes people don't understand why they still live in defeat when they're doing all these outward things that look Christian. I've gone to this concert. I've gone to this concert. I've gone, and I'm out there. Woo! But your life is still crazy. Your life is still in shambles. And we don't know why. And the reason why is God says, that's good. I want to encourage you through a Christian concert. I want to encourage you through a worship experience. But even church is not all that there is. You can come here today. And it's good that you're here. God wants you here every single Sunday. Not just once in a while. Every Sunday. But God says, what's more important than that is will you be obedient when you are home alone? Nobody's looking when you're at work in your cubicle. And I speak to you. 
Will you be obedient in the quiet places, the secret places? Will you guard your purity? Will you guard your heart? Will you be generous when nobody else is looking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obedience, obedience. He blesses the small obedience. It's kind of like with, with kids. I don't know if you have kids, but if you have kids, it's, it's funny because I, I remember one time I came home late. I had a curfew. Remember what those are, curfews? And I had this curfew, and I was supposed to be home at midnight. And I, I rolled into my house at around 2.30 in the morning. And uh, I knew I was in trouble when I saw my dad in a rocking chair on the front porch. I rolled up, and he was out there. I'm like... Jesus, I'm, been, I'm about to see you right now, today. <laughs> Jesus, is my mansion ready? I started praying. I'm like, Jesus, forgive me of everything. All my friends were Catholic, so I'm praying. Every, Jesus, forgive me. I'm doing this. I'm doing anything. Jesus, please, just forgive me. I'm coming to see you, Jesus. I'm coming to your arms right now. He's outside. He's walking to my car, Jesus. <laughs> and um, I get out of the car. How you doing, Dad? I'm good. You know what time your curfew was? Yeah. Hey, but I'm going to come in. I'm going to do all the dishes for Mom. Dad, I'm going to clean the house, man. Look, I'm going to paint the inside and the outside of the house. I know it's 3 in the morning, but I'm going to mow the lawn. The neighbors won't mind. It's going to be, you're going to wake up, and it's going to be, I'm going to make you breakfast. Look, 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 like kids will do that, right? Like, Dad, I want to go out. I love you. Can I have five bucks? Dad, Dad, I just love you. I mean, who am I kidding? Five bucks. That doesn't buy anything today, you know? Like, like Dad, I just love you. And listen, here, here's the thing. What they're doing is, is they're trying to overcompensate for their disobedience. That's what I was doing. And the reality is, is that my parents, I don't, with my kids, I don't want your sacrifice. I don't need you to do the dishes. What I want is for you just to do a simple act of obedience. Just come home on time. If that's what I ask you to do, just do it. Just, just obey. And that's what God is saying to us today. Look, I see all these things you want to do. Do them. Serve. Be a part of Brave. But the best thing, the most critical thing to unlock the favor in your life is obedience. Because if not, what we do is we get caught up on the outside of things and we're disobeying in the small things. So let me read the scripture to you in Deuteronomy because I want to show you out of God's word how he wants to bless you. And I've got about eight minutes to really wrap this up and give you some walkaways. Are you ready? Say yeah. Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 says this. If you, I love that. Again, he's not making you, but if you fully, what's that next word? Obey, notice how many times that word is in this. The Lord your God, and you carefully keep all of his commands that I'm giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the world. You will experience all. Somebody say all. all. So he's telling you all that he wants to do in your life. You experience all these blessings if you obey. obey the Lord your God. Watch this. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Anybody want your children to be blessed? He says this, your crops will be blessed. I love the word of God. Watch this. The offspring of your herds and your flocks will even be blessed. That is so crazy. I'm like, what does that mean? You know what that means? 
in the Bible days, this was agricultural talk, meaning that I will bless you so that your cows have baby cows and your goats will have baby goats. You know why that's so important? Because it wasn't enough just for you to have a cow. You needed your cows to produce so that you could make money. So you needed what you had in your hand to produce more so that God could exponentially increase your... You get what I'm saying? Like, if you have one cow, you're going to eat for a week. But if God blesses your cows so that your cows have cows and your cows that have cows have cows, you're going to eat for five years. Here's what that means practically for you and I. God says this. I will even show you how to multiply what you even have in your hand right now. In other words, have you ever seen that there are some people, they just know how to make money with their money? Like you put $5 in their hand, they'll turn it into 15 by the end of the week. You have someone that has $100,000, they know how to invest it by just researching the right people speaking in their life at the right time. God says this, I want to take what you already have and I want to give you this word called wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. He says this, I want to give you wisdom. I want to show you things that nobody else knows. I want to show you how to multiply what's already in your hand to increase, to bless you and to favor you. Come on, anybody see that? Like that man, God, you can bless me in that way. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. I mean, look at how many times he says he wants to bless you. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. Anybody have some haters that you just need God to shut up? Come on, anybody in this place. God says this, you won't even have to fight your battles because I'll fight your battles for you. I am your God. You don't even have to respond. You don't have to defend yourself. Just keep worshiping me. Keep obeying me and watch me fight your battles for you. Some of you need God to go to work and fight some battles for you this week. He says this, they will attack you from one direction, but I'll send them out in seven. And this is a guarantee on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain and the Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you if you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways the Lord will establish you that means you won't always have to be running around crazy like you know is this what God's will is this what God what do I need to do what do I need to do no 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 God wants to establish you another word there is like confidence he wants to give you confidence as his holy people, then all the nations of the world will see that you are people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. Man, you know what that promise is? That promise is is that God wants to make your life an example to your friends, to your college friends, to your co-workers, to your family. And people are going to look at you and they're going to say, why is it that you're so blessed? How is it that everything that you do has the favor of God? And you'll be able to look at them and say, it's because I live an obedient life to God. That's why my life looks like this. That's why my kids love God. That's why there's peace in our home. That's why my finances are blessed. That's why my business is growing. It's because I've received the key of obedience. Yeah. Watch this. Watch this. I love this last part. Verse number 12. And the Lord will send the rain. Ah, I love that. From his rich treasury in heavens. And he will bless all the work that you do. Can I tell you, there are some things that you can do and some things that you cannot do. Favor of God comes in when you are at your limitations. Let me say say this. You can go to school all you want. You can work hard all you want. But there is a limit to all of your capability and potential. 
There is a place where you end and God says, this is where I'm supposed to pick up. What are you talking about, pastor? He says this, I will send the rain. What does that mean? He says this, your job is to prepare the ground and to plant the seed. Prepare the ground and plant the seed. Prepare the ground and plant the seed. But God says this, I'm the only one who can send the rain. You can't send the rain. I've got the business plans for the business. I've got the the family in front of me. I've got my home. I've got the finances, God, that you've blessed me with. And so I'm going to prepare the ground. I'm going to plant the seed. And God says, when you've done your part, when you've been obedient to, to prepare the ground and plant the seed, God says this, get ready because I'm going to do something that you could never do for yourself. I'm going to send the rain. You thought you were going to give up, but I'm going to send the rain. You thought you weren't going to make it, but I'm going to send the rain. You thought it was going to end like this, but I'm going to send the rain. You thought there was no way out, but I'm going to send the rain. At the right time, at the right season, the rain of God is going to fall on your life. If you obey, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And he says this at the end, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. Can I tell you, God never wanted you to just come and be at the bottom. God never wanted you to suffer at the bottom. There is suffering in following Jesus, but not at the bottom. God wants that when there are times and seasons of suffering, you're at the top. And because of your obedience, people are going to look at how you suffer. And you can suffer with favor. You can suffer with the blessing of God on your life so that people will look at you and say, how in the world are they able to do it? Because God is reigning. Is there anybody here today that you just want the reign of God to fall on your life the rain of God to fall on your life oh I'm hungry for the rain of God I'm thirsty for the rain of God to fall on my life I'm hungry and I'm thirsty I'm desperate for the rain of God to fall on your business to fall on your family to fall on your marriage to fall on your finances to fall on your children Somebody shout, send the rain. Come on, shout, send the rain. But here's what you need to understand is obedience is not about doing, it's about trusting. Because some of you, right when I said obedience, you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be legalistic. Like, oh, I got to do this, 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 this. No, no, no. It's not about doing, it's about trusting God. It's like with my, my son or Natalia. Like, like, hey kids, let's clean up the room. Let's make up your bed. Brent be like, I don't want to make up my bed. Natalia's the clean one. I don't want to make up my bed. Dad, I'm just going to get back in my bed anyway. It's just going to get messy anyway. Why am I going to make up my bed? And what Brent doesn't understand is I'm like Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid. I'm trying to teach you a lesson. 
It's not about making up your bed. And I know you're going to get back. I know it's going to be messy. But what I'm trying to teach you is, is that when you reset your bed, I'm teaching you a pattern of being able to reset your life every single day. To have a fresh start every morning. To realize this is a new morning. And the grace is new. The power is new. The hope is new. The authority is new. There's a new victory for you today. There's a new hope for you today. It's all about the pattern. It's not about doing never about doing it's about trusting that my dad understands life and I'm going to trust my dad can I tell you you might want to write this down obedience has nothing to do with you understanding what God wants or even agreeing with what God wants can I tell you there have been times where God has asked me to do something and I flat out disagreed with him about it I'm like God I don't agree with that so I'm like you talk to God like that yeah he's big enough for it God, are you kidding? I don't even understand. Why would I do that? God, that doesn't make sense. God, I mean, think about this. I mean, for real, t- that, God, why would you ask me to give 10% when you gave me all of it to begin with? It doesn't even make sense. God, why not just take the 10%? That doesn't make sense. God, I don't understand how it can work. I don't even agree with it, but I know you bless it. God, I don't understand why you want me to buy this person their groceries who's in front of me in the grocery store. I don't even know them, but God has spoken to you. Hey, I want you to be generous and take a step of faith. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand. I don't agree. And God says, it's not about understanding. It's not about agreeing. It's about trusting me that my ways are higher than your ways, that you're about to be a blessing to someone who's about to give up. But because of your generosity and your warm smile and a Sedanos, you're going to help somebody understand that God makes a way where there is no way. You see, it's about trusting that his ways are higher than your ways. It's about trusting that you're the God over all and I give it all to you. I don't obey God because I understand. I obey God because I trust because he is faithful. He is dependable and the blessing and the favor of God is worth it. Well, pastor, how do I how do I know when God is asking me to obey? Such a good question. Number one is this. Write this down. You've got to read his word. God's word is his voice. God is his word. And when you read his word, you are reading his voice. And you've got to begin to recognize the voice of God. Start with Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. You can read one chapter a day and read the whole book every single month. It's a book of wisdom. Some of you business people, some of you moms and parents, you don't know how to raise kids right. And you're just kind of like, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to do this. Some of you feel like you're a bad parent. Let me just say you're doing better than you think you are. But you just need some extra resources. And you're like, I don't know what to do. Get into the book of Proverbs. Start with Matthew. Read the life of Jesus. But here's what's going to happen. Here, here's why you need to know God's word. Because as you get into God's word, watch this. You're going to start reading. And all of a sudden, you're going to read something. And it's not going to match up with the way you're living your life. And you're going to go, oh. Huh. This says, do not associate with angry people. Because they will be my downfall. all the time that's the voice of God saying hey be obedient you're going to read God's word one time and it's going to talk about purify purify yourself live holy for God and all of a sudden you're going to think maybe I don't need to play basketball with those people because every time I play basketball with those people I get high 
God's saying, maybe just put the ball down for a little bit. You're not going to the NBA anyway. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you, you, you're going you're gonna to read. You're going to read the Bible, and it's going to talk about, hey, love your enemies and even pray for them. You're going to be like, oh, I don't do that. Why would God ask me to do that? Remember, it's not about understanding or even agreeing with it. But it's God saying, you don't understand that when you obey me and forgive your enemies and then pray for your enemies, what you're doing is you're taking a key that's going to unlock a prison called bitterness. And you're about to get out of prison and you're about to enter into a new space, a new room that you never knew that you had before. got to read his word number two is this you've got to respond to his voice reading his word helps us to recognize his voice but then you need to respond to his voice can i tell you like it it may look something like this i was in a i was in a movie theater several several months ago and it's actually our kindle location and i was sitting there and all of a sudden there was some stuff in the movie that i'm just like man i probably shouldn't be watching this it wasn't like crazy, crazy bad, but just something like in that moment, like I felt like just God just said, you need to get up and leave. Remember obedience many times is when nobody else is looking. Watch this. Obedience isn't even always about a sin or not a sin. The Bible says what's permissible for you may not be permissible for me. So God may be just saying, David, I want to take you to another place. And it's not even a sin issue. It's an obedience issue. And I got up out in the theater, and I didn't even try to ask for my money back for the ticket. I was like, God, I'm just going. I've turned the radio station. I've called people and said, hey, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? I've given away cars because God has said, you need to be obedient. I remember I got a car paid off, and just about the time it got paid off, God's like, I want you to give that car to your assistant. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Jesus. Hey, God told me to do this. Real, Pastor David, yeah. It doesn't make sense. But obedience unlocks the door of favor. Even when it doesn't make sense. See, what we don't understand sometimes is like God's asking us to be obedient, and what we do is we look at what we're losing, and God has already prepared something on the other side of the door that far outshines what you're about to walk away from. But he can't get you into that until you're willing to let go of this. And so God is saying, do you trust what's on the other side of the door? But God, show me what's over there first. God's like, no, 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 no. I want you to trust me that I'm a good God. I'm a dependable God. I'm a faithful God. You're my son. You're my daughter. I want to bless you. I want to give you favor. So do you want the key or not? Because if you want the key, here's it. Just go. Watch this. So I don't get it right all the time. But my prayer every single morning is this, God, help me to hear your voice today. Help me to respond to it. How do you respond? Write this down in your notes. A blessed life is a yes, God life. That anytime God asks you to obey, the answer is yes. You don't have pre-decided, God, the answer is yes. Now, there'll be some days that we're going to argue about it. Because I'm stubborn. Come on, somebody. Come on, elbow somebody you're next to and say, that's you too. You're stubborn. You're stubborn. There's times I'm like, God, man, we've got to talk about this for a little bit. But God, at the end of it, it's going to be yes. 
a blessed life, a favor life, is a yes God life. God, you want me to forgive them? Yes. God, you want me to be generous? Yes. God, you want me to sow seed? Yes. God, you want me to serve? Yes. You want me to go to begin? Yes. You want me to go to brave life? Yes. God, what do you want me to do? God, you want me to buy someone a coffee and tell them, hey, God loves you. God bless you. Yes. God, the answer is yes. Whatever you want, the answer is yes. And you'll see it begins a pattern in your life that all of a sudden, God doesn't have to wrestle you for the keys anymore. But you're just walking about your day saying, okay, God, what key do you got for me today? Okay, God, where do you want me to go today? Okay, God, how do you want to use me today? And God's like, oh, I love giving you keys. Some of you have a keychain because you just have lived a life of obedience. But let me say this. Don't envy somebody else's favor because you don't know what they did in the quiet place in obedience. a yes life God type of life. Watch this, watch this. As I close, Jesus understood obedience. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He's about to be crucified. Judas is about to come and betray him with a kiss. Jesus is so overwhelmed with the thought of having to be crucified. He was fully God but fully man and he was filled with fear and anxiety and just the grief and the the weight of the mission. The Bible says this, he begins to sweat drops of blood. Experts tell us that you you can have so much pressure and anxiety and stress that capillaries begin to break and that's what happened with Jesus. It's like only in extreme conditions that he began to burst capillaries in his in his head and in his his arms. He began to sweat blood. It was in that moment he looks up to his father in heaven and says, God, I know what you've asked me to do, but is there another way? And then with the same breath, he goes, but God, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, God, I don't want to do this. But my answer is yes. Judas comes, they take Jesus, they beat him. He knew the amount of torture he was going to endure. They put him up on a cross and they crucify him. But here's what I want you to see today. Can you see the door that Jesus unlocked for you and I because of his act of obedience? His one yes to God gave you and I salvation. His one yes to God gave you a hope and a future. Oh, it was his one yes to God that gave us a fresh start in this thing called life. But that wasn't the end. Watch this. They crucify him. They take him off the cross and they put him in a tomb. His body was there. But guess where his spirit was? Scripture says that Jesus descended to the gates of hell oh I love this and he goes to hell and the demons are there he's like yo where's your boss and he meets with Satan face to face and he said hey we've got unfinished business here you've got something that doesn't belong to you and the Bible says that Jesus looked the devil in the face and took something from him do you know what he took from the devil he took the keys He took the keys. He took the keys. He said, you've got something that belongs to my people in Miami, and you better give them back. Somebody needs to give God a shout of praise in this house today. Listen, you need to 
is one thing that the devil could never do. That's why this is the hardest message I've preached all week. You don't even know it, but this is the third time I've preached it. And I feel more spiritual opposition preaching it because the devil doesn't want you to have this key. Because obedience will unlock everything in your life. It will unlock everything. Come on, parent. It will unlock your child who is going crazy. It will unlock your marriage. It will unlock your... Somebody give God a shout of praise one more time. Jesus, today, today, oh God, thank you for fighting for the keys. That's why this is the strongest key. This is the key that the devil took to hell with him. To guard it, to protect it. But Jesus, thank you for going to that place. Thank you for suffering on the cross to get the keys back so that we can be blessed and we can have the favor of God. Lord, I pray all across this room that my friends here today would experience the favor of God. We say yes to you. Come on, you're here in this room and you say, Pastor David, would you pray for me? I want to say yes to God. I want the key of obedience in my life. If that's you, all across this room, lift your hands up right now. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage. God, speak to us that we would recognize your voice. I pray, God, that we would hear your voice this week and that we would predecide that the answer is yes. We would respond with a yes. In Jesus' name. Can I tell you, your first step for many of us in this room, your first step of obedience is to say yes to Jesus to invite him into your heart, to be your Lord and Savior. And real quick, if you're here today and you say, Pastor David, would you pray for me? Today, I need to say yes to Jesus. I've been, I've been pushing it off. I've been, I've been resisting a relationship with God. Listen, you don't have to understand it all in order to respond to it all. Today, I want to say yes. I don't want to go another day without saying yes and being obedient to God. It's the first step. It's the first key. And you say, today, would you pray for me? I want to say yes to Jesus. On the count of three, nobody looking around, would you quietly slip your hand up and put it right back down? One, two, three. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So many hands. Yes. Come on, would you pray this prayer with me? Every single person out loud. Say, Jesus, today, I thank you so much for dying on the cross for all of my sins. Forgive me. My answer is yes. I want to obey you today. Be my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for all you've done for me. And today I receive the favor of God into my life. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, can we celebrate today? Come on. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.